Before we get started, today's episode of The Goldcast is sponsored by Dixie Cups. Are you tired of those big water bottles? Are you tired of glass cups? Then try Dixie Cups. They're small, they're portable, they fit right in the size of your hand, and they're built for every occasion. Dixie Cups, a proud sponsor of The Goldcast since 1901. Raymond, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at thegoldcast. And most importantly, you can subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Subscribe, turn on your notifications, and listen in when we go live, which is usually one, one to two times per week right now because we're in the offseason and there's lots of – we're bouncing back between Warriors, Giants, and Niners. Heck yeah. Uh, big show today, kind of talking about the Warriors' recent woes and struggles. And boy, what a lackluster game against the Spurs. And we'll still go over a little bit more free agency and draft stuff with the Niners. Here we go. Beautiful Sunday. Nice to get this done early today versus later. The Gold Cast. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay Area, the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Suiza III, the Latino Lando, Cloud City. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! Raymond, are you the, if I'm the Latino Lando, are, are you the, the Latino Han Solo? Han, Han, Latino Chewbacca? Latino Bo- Bo- Boba Fett? I don't know what I am. The Latin something. I'm the Latin magnet. <laughs> you are. You're the you're the Latin magnet. You're the magnetism. You are the magnetism indeed. You know, every time I hear that intro, I get so pumped. That intro is so good. I can never thank that guy enough. It's, yeah, it's pretty solid. So, Raymond, we actually were having this conversation off air, and it made me realize something. We were talking about – this actually has nothing to do with sports, just so you guys are prepared, right? just so I prep you guys now. We were talking about rap music, and I like uh, this newer, new-ish artist, uh, Post Malone, and he's got, a, he's got a, a couple different songs that I really like. And I remember you asking me – you said, now, does he have actually something to say, or is he like just another guy that's like rapping about, you know – clubs and, and partying and stuff and i was like uh, well i don't know and i was like i never really pay attention to that stuff and i i realized that you know i, I mostly like rappers that i love wu-tang i love dre i love snoop i like a lot of old school stuff you know um i like old stuff from when i was a, a pro b-boy back in my pro b-boy days the i like rap music that is like hard hardcore and like get at you and post Malone is none of that trust me but you like you like Talib Kweli, you like The Roots, you like Most Def, all artists that I thoroughly like as well. Definitely guys that I really like. But I notice you tend to like rap music that has more of a social conscience. I tend to like rap music that is like trying to like hit you in the nuts. <laughs> like Wu-Tang or like Ghostface. Definitely like Ghostface. But yeah, you, like... Break break down the difference. What's the difference for you on the on, on rap music like that? To me, it's more like conscious thought. Like, are you saying something that's actually worth listening to? Like, meaning you're gonna get something, and like, like you're gonna get sort of 
intellectual insight from it or are you saying something that's more entertainment more popcorn you know so to speak so i like some of the popcorn guys don't get me wrong you're I love a big wu-tang fan i love wu-tang yeah wu's great i listen to wu since i was a kid so and you know when i was before i even got into wu-tang when i was even younger and at a more inappropriate age i was listening to trey and snoop <clears throat> oh man who you know, don't have any conscious thought in their lyrics not in those old school ones at all man those the chronic and and uh snoop dogg's um debut album what was it was it just what's doggy my name style? doggy style yeah it? what's my name yeah, that was doggy the first song yeah doggy style's great but man, I mean, they were talking about stuff on there that as a, I mean, I was pretty young. I, I was in junior high. And I, I mean, you know. I want to say we were younger than that. No, we're, well, gosh, I, I wish we were younger. What year did it come out? I think Doggy Style, I was, I was, Chronic, so I believe. We were like 12. Chronic was like 90 or 91. So Doggy Style, I like, came out a year later or so. So I'm going to say that was like 92 or 93. Gosh, if only we had some some kind of i don't know tool or a machine that could verify this kind of information for us god if only something like that existed oh well next time well, who knows so let's get into the uh let's get into this weekend's games warriors lose to the spurs i was jokingly telling our father the unofficial third member of the gold cast rudy solis jr i was telling him uh, after the game, I said, wow, I have no idea who was playing in that Warriors-Spurs game. You know, when we were talking about this on Thursday, we had like a brief, brief uh, preview of it. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, check out that episode, Brian Effing Hoyer. That's one of my favorite gold casts. Ray, have you had a chance to re-listen to it? Uh, not yet. It's it's really good. It's really good. I I think it's really good primarily because I feel like I'm I come out really right. I think that's what my biggest my biggest thing about it is. But you know, Ray, you came out pretty right too. So, anyways, but going back, if you haven't checked that out, listen to it. It's a big breakdown of Brian Effing Hoyer, and I think that when you're done, you will come to one conclusion: you will have no idea whether or not Brian Effing Hoyer is actually good or bad. I think there's pretty solid arguments on both sides. But having said that, we did preview this Warriors Spurs game, and. It was a battle for first place supremacy, and you know, hotly and highly anticipated. Uh, you know, this was the mano a mano match to determine who was going to rule the Western Conference. The Spurs were only one and a half games back, and then you you put way more stock into your 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 the way you just announced that game. There's way more, you put way more stock into the game than than actually there was. I mean, well, the, the league kind of shot themselves in the foot with the scheduling there to kind of put these teams in a position to rest uh, all their stars because we didn't get the game that we should have gotten. And the scheduling was just terrible. You know, see, but I know that's the thing, though. See, the way I broke it down, that's the game we should have gotten. That's the, you know, you know, with with less than 20 games to go. You know, these two teams, are the powerhouses of the Western Conference, are vying for first place position. And, and this game could very well be a playoff determiner. You know, when, when we get down to the end of the season, they would be looking back at this game. But now they're not going to at all because Kawhi Leonard goes down uh, with a concussion. LaMarcus Aldridge has an irregular heartbeat. He's out indefinitely. The Spurs, uh, the Warriors lose on Friday to uh, Tom Thibodeau's uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, back-to-back losses. Yep. And, 
Now the Steve Kerr decides to bench. He benches all the big guns. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala. And so you have it. You have those four guys out. And you have the two big guns, LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard out. In fact, you know, the main guy you probably recognize from the Spurs over there was Pau Gasol. <laughs> he, he was the, the biggest star in the game at that point, arguably next to Iguodala. Oh, uh, David no, Lee, sorry, too. Iguodala was Former good, warrior yeah. David Lee. I did see David Lee. I thought the, actually the biggest story coming out of that game was that poor Mexican family. Did you hear about the Mexican family? Uh, dad, dad, he just completely missed the story. I don't know how. I don't know if he was like up, drink, getting a drink or getting some food, but he wasn't watching the game during the story. There's this, there's this Mexican family, whose son, uh, I think it was his ninth birthday or his or his twelfth. I don't know, one of the two. His son, their son's favorite team was the Warriors. They tried to buy tickets to Spurs Warriors, couldn't get the tickets so they had to buy them on the secondary market bought them for 400 a piece drove 12 hours from mexico to san antonio for this game and then obviously all those players were scheduled to be on the slate now the thing about it is is that uh you know they they were talking a lot about the players should be playing and that's not fair to the fans and that i felt really bad for that family and as i understand it the warriors uh actually took that family backstage and the boy got to meet some of the, the warriors from the team. I really hope that they, I really hope to get him some tickets to a home game and maybe fly them out. I think that'd be a really good, just to kind of make up for that, you know, ridiculous bad PR. Uh, you know, I, it wasn't even really, it was like they were just inventing bad PR. I really don't think it's that big of a deal if players rest. And I under, obviously, you know, both teams were, they had a lot of guns missing, but I mean, Ray, where, where do you stand on this whole letting players rest? Like you said, the schedule was screwed and was so not conducive. And how are you going to put these this powerhouse of a game with this with so few games left in the season? You kind of the NBA knows that this is going to be an important big matchup, and you would just put it on the end of what was a really really brutal stretch for the Warriors. And obviously, Kerr just said, "Screw it, you guys are all sitting. You're all you're, none of you are playing." Where do you stand on this whole thing that players let a player play? Where do you stand, Ray, on let a player play? Um, I don't see it as like, even if I did buy tickets, I'd just be like, ah, it's kind of disappointing. But, you know, as a fan, I want the Warriors to win just as badly as the players do. So to me, I kind of look at it from a very different perspective because I'm, even though fans are like, hey, I know a lot of fans that would be like, no, screw that. You know, we should... We should get our money's worth, and I understand that position. At the same time, though, I want to win a championship, and if I got to choose between, you know, not watching my favorite players play because they got to be healthy so that they can make, you know, a valiant run at the title, then I'll take that. You know, I'll I'll take a game without, you know, the Fab Five any day of the week. I- so then, the, and if I have the NBA. You're definitely, you know, I'm obviously not in their head. We obviously don't talk to anybody from the association. But you can betcha that a game like that with that much notoriety, they're definitely rethinking their scheduling going forward because now they just, you know, that that hurts them. That hurts them in terms of of eyes. You know, once I think 
for me, when I heard that they weren't even going to play, I was like, all right, well, I'm not even going to bother watching the game. I didn't even watch it. I watched the highlights afterwards. You know, I, I was I did, was very happy to see that Ian Clark um, had a huge, I, in my opinion, like his best game of his career. Um, Zaza was Zaza. Matt Barnes did very well. You know, but I was very especially happy of Ian Clark. Three for three from downtown, shot 71% field goal percentage. He was just hot. Yeah, so I, I agree. I'm with you. I want to win a championship. I was the one guy who didn't want us to go for the season record last year. Remember how vocal all year I was about it and how mm-hmm. I, I did not care. And had we, you know, we didn't really cover the Warriors. We didn't really cover anyone besides 49ers last year when it was the 49ers gold cast. Uh, we, I Yeah, I didn't really care for the regular season. All that really matters is April through June in, in basketball. That's what really matters. Obviously, you want to buy for position. Here, let's, let's, let me ask you this. I'm not even sure first place, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure first place is that important if, Kevin Durant's back, and this Warriors team is firing at all cylinders. And the reason I say I'm not sure it's that important because I don't think, while defensively, I know that the Spurs present an extremely difficult matchup for the Warriors in a best of seven. I don't think offensively they're as tough, and I don't think they can keep up offensively with the Warriors. And I think that even if we lost first place to San Antonio right now, I still think that if we meet them in the Western Conference Finals, it wouldn't matter. I still think we win that series. Where, where, where do you where do you stand on that? Regardless, do you think having home field like losing home field advantage and getting second place in the Western Conference Finals in the Western Conference in the rankings, if that affects where like does that hinder our ability to win against the Spurs in a best of seven series in the Western Conference Finals? Does it hinder it? I don't think it does. It makes it harder, but I don't think it hinders it. No, I think it's a nice cherry to have. Um, and every team, you know, when you're sitting within the top five, top three teams on either the East or the West, you're definitely thinking about it because less travel, um, travel obviously wears on the body, wears on the mind. They got into San Antonio at three o'clock in the morning. Screw that. That is how bad the schedule was. So, and you, and two, eight, eight, eight road games within that stretch, two of which where you have to, you have to teeter totter on either sides of the coast. Just absolutely atrocious. So I hope the NBA rethinks it. I, I, if I was a betting man, I would say they are because they just lost. A, you know, a, a premier game just got shot down because you guys gave such brutal schedules to these teams that health became a concern, and they made an executive decision to sit these guys down. And I don't blame them for doing that. And I'm, sure, I don't have really, I don't really have any sympathy or empathy for the fans that wanted to see that. I'm just like, hey, I, I'll take the rest. Sorry. Sorry I agree. for that. I felt bad for that family. They showed that Sorry, family. not sorry. <laughs> they showed that family on TV. I definitely felt bad for the family. I hope the Warriors at least get them some tickets or, you know, do something to to m- help them make make up for that game just a little bit. But in general, I think rest is more important. I think April through June is what really matters, and I'm not even. I don't think that first place necessarily is the most coveted piece for us. I, I, more than anything, we just need to win more games than the Cavs. But the Cavs have, Cavs have lost three of their last six games as well, and they have all their 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 players. There's no excuse for them. So I mean, there's. It's not like we're the only team that's going through a bit of a a little bit of a lull. And ours it comes down to two things. It comes down to fatigue, and it comes down to Kevin Durant being out. You know, Kevin Durant's 
out there on the court. The, I don't think they're quite as fatigued, but it would be a brutal schedule anyways. But those are the those are the numbers, one, number one and number two, fatigue and Kevin Durant being out. Or you could say Kevin Durant being out, which is leading to fatigue. Either way you want to you wanna play it, it doesn't really matter. But that's the truth. I think those are the, 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 the two most important factors leading to why the Warriors are a bit of in a, in a quote-unquote slump. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I would. I'm surprised some of the other teams in the West took a die. Uh, Portland is not Portland this year. Um, Dallas has been on the on the downturn uh, since since winning their championship in 2011. That was great. Uh, that was congrats great to Dirk though for hitting 30,000. Man, you know every time I see interviews with Dirk, man, he is just he's so humble. He's so unassuming. He's so talented. You called him the uh, the Steph Curry of centers. I, I, yeah, I think before that, Steph Curry, yeah, he's awesome. You know, he was definitely one of those early precursors of the long ball. You know, and he was, and you know, he he was considered a Steph Curry like long ball player in his at his prime. You know, the way Steph mm-hmm. is now. He, I I love Dirk though. I, he's one of those players that is just I don't know if you don't like Dirk. I, I, think there's something wrong with you then you don't like like puppies and babies at the same time too and if you don't like those you're a bad person <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah how can you not like dirk i've watched almost his whole career he's awesome i remember when avery johnson took over up to don nelson and avery johnson former san antonio spurs player won a championship with in 99 became a protege under don nelson then took over the team and, and that was when they were winning about 50 games a season and tried to tried to mold part of Dirk's game to encourage him to post up more because he's so so tall and nobody can really reach him. So he thought like, hey, if I can get this guy to post up, you know, he he'd be unstoppable in the paint. Not really Dirk's style, although he he you know, he can post up when he needs to, but he's not really a dunk a dunking guy. So and that actually that experiment uh didn't last very long in that season and uh Avery Johnson ended up getting uh, fired. But uh, I remember that. I remember thinking, watching that, and thinking like, "What is this guy doing? Dirk's a shooter. Just give Dirk that shot, and you know he'll hit, he'll hit fadeaway jumpers. You know, one-footed fadeaway jumpers over anybody in the league." <clears throat> yeah, Dirk. Dirk's a champ. Dirk. Uh, I love the 2011 victory over the Miami Heat. I loved watching them crumble, and I loved seeing Dirk catapult himself into championship yeah, I love- level. And win a championship. I love, I love LeBron losing in any fashion. Me too. You called that series. You you said the Mavericks were going to win that series from the beginning. I did not believe that. I don't know if you remember. I was like, no, no, this is this is James's time. He's ascending. You can't you can't put that on a stat. He he's he's going to propel this team. And you're like, no, no. I don't know if you remember that. We were going back and forth on text, and you were like, nope, nope. Mavericks are going to win this series. And you called that. The whispers were there. Dirk, baby. Yeah, he's a beast. Dirk was overdue. He was overdue. Props to Dirk. Props to Dirk. So, moving on, Raymond, we've got some more NFL free agency stuff. So, we picked up some defensive players. Now, here's a question. There's three guys at the top here for the draft, right? You got Miles Garrett, Leonard Fournette, and Reuben Foster. Although, of course, you know, Reuben Foster didn't even, you know, didn't even participate at the combine so that you know that might have hurt his immediate stock and obviously put some of his player his personality into question but in general i think he's fine of the top three miles garrett leonard fournette 
Ruben Foster. You got Garrett, defensive end, Ruben Foster, inside linebacker, and you have Leonard Fournette, who's a running back. Are you happy with all three? Or is there one you see over the other? I mean, obviously, Miles Garrett had a huge, huge showing at the Combine. Really, really impressed everyone there. I don't know about Leonard Fournette's numbers, but he's still obviously ranked as the, you know, he's being touted as a as a uh, as a generational running back whatever that means anymore but they they're pushing him to be quite quite the uh, quite the fancy running back so the question is here are you upset with any three of those guys like if we get Leonard Fournette would you be bothered no i'd be okay you know because Hyde has gotten injured in 3 years every year he's been in the league so there's obviously some questions surrounding his durability he had the most yards in his career this year as a starter, 900. He almost eclipsed 1,000, I think. Had he been healthy, he would have been able to do that. So, But with that in mind, I think you got to be thinking running back of the future as well because you're not guaranteed. I mean, if he had been a workhorse just pounding out you know, yards after yards and been healthy, I think you, you're not thinking running back as much. You're, you're thinking maybe mid, late round running back. But in this case, especially with the offense that – Kyle Shanahan likes to run where you have to be a multi multifaceted running back like a Christian McCaffrey and like Hyde who can also catch out of the backfield then I think you got to be looking they're, they're going to be looking for running back I don't know if they go with running back in number two I know some of the projections have us picking guys like Jonathan Allen defensive end I highly doubt that we go defensive end for a third straight year uh, I've also seen Marshawn Lattimore cornerback out of Ohio State I don't know if we go that that high a pick with a cornerback cornerbacks it's really I don't know you know you got to be I, I don't I obviously don't watch these guys so I don't know what they're capable of I haven't seen their film I've also seen we go safety with Malik Hooker out of Ohio State that's what Bucky Brooks of NFL network thinks i don't see that at all we just we just let go of our veteran safety and now we're going to move ward to to free safety and we're going to have we're going to start transitioning um our other rookie to go along with uh, eric reed so i don't see that happening and then of do course you think, people do you also think do you think the reason he put that on the draft board is because we made those moves but that's why it's he, possible you know maybe to add some depth i don't think you bust out the number two in the safety role you know yeah, i would I don't, say yeah, i don't think we're deep enough obviously we have the number two pick so clearly we're we have a lot of holes if you're the number two pick but i i'm with you like i don't think you make that i i, I don't think this is this is the, the you're not looking to build depth at the number two pick to me i'm definitely leaning defense regardless but I would say linebacker first and then maybe defensive end again. I don't know if you, you've already got DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, who you're molding with a couple other guys that you got. We got Earl Mitchell that we brought in nose tackle, and we've got some depth that we're going to be looking at. I don't think we're retaining people like uh, Glenn Dorsey or Tony Gerard Eddy. But um, I think you definitely – it's it's between for me it's it's linebacker uh they could surprise us and bring it's either linebacker or running back that's what i think the niners are going to do yeah huh well it'll be it'll be interesting why don't you talk Raymond, about some of the free agency moves we've done in the wake of our uh our brian effing hoyer podcast because there there have been there have been some other notable pickups We, we 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 are not done the 49ers have not slowed down in free agency at all 
No, we did pick up a defensive back. We picked up Don Jones, who's kind of moved or bounced around quite a bit. He's 5'11", 194 pounds, played in the league for four years. He was originally drafted by the Dolphins in the seventh round in 2013. He... Registered 11 special team tackles as a rookie, and then he was waived on August 31st in 2014. Not sure why he was waived. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, I think it's, I don't think it, 11 special teams tackles is really good for a rookie, um, especially for a rookie. That almost gets you Pro Bowl status because special teams, you, you know, you only have so many opportunities. So, um, which means that this wave is probably means that he was just a victim of circumstances, just bad timing. Some other players at a more valuable position were probably seen and they probably had to cut ties there. So after that, I think he went to New England in 2014. He played nine games for them. Then he was claimed off waivers by the Dolphins. Then the Patriots waived him. Then the Dolphins picked him up again. Then, uh, he had 11 special teams tackle in 2014. Then the next year, he's with the Saints and the Cleveland Browns. And then last year, he uh, he only played like four games with the Browns and then got released in October. And then he signed with the Texans. And, you know, so he's, he's bounced around a lot. So, you know, I don't uh, – while I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, he's a victim of circumstance everywhere – there, there is some question to that pickup. I don't. That one doesn't quite make sense to me. But it's, you're probably betting on the fact you're thinking special teams, obviously, and you're betting on the fact that hey, maybe this guy brings some special team help that we desperately need. And so I'm okay with it because it's it's a low cost, you know, investment. You, you're 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 getting a a guy who gets a lot of tackles. So he's going to help out special. A lot of the guys that some of the guys that we've been bringing in that don't really jump off the stat page are special teams guys. And the the, the other one that comes to mind was Brock Coyle, linebacker from Seattle. He's six one two forty five, undrafted in twenty fourteen. He's only started five games. He played thirty five overall with uh, Seattle. Doesn't have much stats, but again, um, a lot of a lot of it comes from special teams. Uh, he's was in seven played in seven postseason games with the Seahawks and he had about four special teams tackles there. So another special teams guy. That's what I see. We also I think I mentioned Aldrich Robinson and Matt Barkley last podcast. Didn't get too much in depth there. There's not much there, guys, uh, listeners. So Aldrich Robinson did play with Atlanta, so that's why we're bringing him in here. It's kind of a short yardage threat. Uh, small 5'10, 187, kind of a speedy guy. Think like um, Santana Moss, just not as good. Um, so uh that's where we're at. Um, it's all n- nothing that really stands out to me other than like a couple special teams guys, another backup quarterback for depth and comp- competitive purposes. And then you have wide receiving wide receiver guys, which is obviously they're there for they're there not only for depth, but for rotations to keep defenses off balance. Boom. Boom. Still, I th- it does seem like the the bulk of our free agency focus has been on rebuilding that office offense, which is obviously Kyle Shanahan's forte, which also leads me and you both to believe that this means we will probably have a very defensive minded draft. Yeah, I think so for sure. I think and so. That's kind of, that's where John Lynch. So John Lynch and him have been teaming up kind of looking at free agency. Hey, and let's get some guys here because this is what's going to happen. You get, you get in veterans, you're getting veterans on both sides of the ball. There's obviously more veterans on the offensive side of the ball. But what you're doing there is you're saying, hey, 
you're you're getting all of your you're filling a lot of voids right now with guys who are going to be familiar with Kyle Shanahan's systems, which is going to make the assimilation process a lot smoother, not only for the guys that are coming in, but also for the rookies who are learning underneath these veteran players. So if if you guys can kind of look at it from a from a broader perspective like such as that, then you kind of see where everything's going. Obviously they're being patient, but they're also being very calculated in their decision because they want to they're also there's also some to me I'm getting the impression that they're they're also doing this with the with the thought of wanting to you know get things moving sooner rather than later meaning they're not they're not being methodical about this they're being calculated about this so and and there's a difference between patience and calculated yeah they're not uh, looking to they're not looking to tank you know, no, a, a third that's year. Cleveland. That's what Cleveland's doing. Cleveland's wasting a lot of time. They've they wasted a lot of time last year. Looks like they're kind of doing a similar thing this year. I'm curious to see if that ever comes to fruition. I have my doubts because I don't really believe in Hugh Jackson, but I do believe in Kyle Shanahan and, and it's based on the moves they're making. The moves they're making tell me that they want to move swiftly and they want to assimilate fast and they want to get the young guys acclimated to have them learning under proven veteran talent. You know, that's the thing I was I was wondering as well. Like, God, with all the moves, I did not expect us to be this aggressive. And it's very exciting to see. And I like it. And it's made, it started to make me think about that record. Because, of course, there was a part of me that goes, okay, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's slow down. Let's slow down. Uh, what do we do we do we want to have a good season? Because it almost looks like we're going to put ourselves in a position to at least win. I mean, I would say at least six games. You know, it looks like on paper. We'll see what... It's one thing to say that, but you and I have sat here before and said the exact same thing that you know we think they're gonna they're gonna be pretty aggressive. We think they're gonna do really well. We've, we've sat here before and said that, and it, it did not happen at all. But seeing how aggressive they're being, it made me go, hey, "Well, we're, I definitely don't see us just winning two games again." But then, I, then I thought on the flip side, "Well, wait, but do we want? Do we maybe just want to win somewhere around three or four so that we can get a high draft pick and get you know a, a killer quarterback next year?" Or, you know, or, I mean, I know you, you keep thinking that uh, Kirk Cousins is probably coming next year, which I guess that's, I guess that's a, a possibility. I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is ever going to come to the 49ers. And I hope I'm, I, by saying that, I jinx the possibility of it not happening and it comes to fruition by me jinxing it by saying I don't think he'll ever be here. But having said that, yeah, I mean, it's really early. It's only March, but way too early to start making, you know, regular season predictions. But I think... We, they they definitely don't intend to lose two games again next year. They they are they are trying to build a team now. And I guess I mean I mean when are right. you going to start? They, right? They know playoffs is probably a far fetch fantasy right now. But at the same time, like John Lynch has voiced a couple times, they want to compete. So at the very least, you want to be a team that's actually not only you know performing like last year's team. We only competed for 30 minutes. So right now the roster that they're putting together tells me that they're putting themselves in a position to compete for 60 minutes of football versus last year when they were only half as good. For sure. I agree. 100%. 100% right. All right. So don't forget, as we said, at the beginning of this episode, we are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all under the moniker at the gold cast. 
Uh, space yeah, the only exception is Twitter. That's at the Goldcast underscore. Underscore. You got that underscore. Uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the Goldcast. YouTube.com slash the Goldcast. Want to give a shout out to all of our YouTubers we ha- uh, out there that throwing a lot of comments up there and being very vocal about their opinions uh, and sharing with us. We will be right, – we're going to read some of those comments next week, and we're going to answer. So if you got a comment, sound off in below. It doesn't matter which team, uh, Warriors, Giants, Niners. If, we, if it's a subject on the Goldcast, spout on it. We'll, we'll, we're going to read some of those things, and we'll give some comments live back next week on yeah we'll get back to you and definitely let us know what you think about the draft you know i know some of you out there are much more diligent about following the collegiate circuit of players so you know if you have your two cents on who do you think the niners should pick with the number two overall selection and even their second pick they have an early second round pick too so you know definitely keep that in mind too we have two really good first and second round picks so if you guys have any two cents on who do you think we should we should we go defense should we go running back let us know in the comments section we'll be sure to get back to you there it is. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. And you can find me at Rudy Solis 3rd, Rudy Solis 3RD. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. We're on Stitcher and iTunes, and we have a couple more platforms coming. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay, the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. Wu-Tang! This is... This is the Goldcast.